people are spending hundreds of dollars, if not thousands, on dietary supplements. But should I take them? What should I take? How should I take them? And for what purpose? Today's conversation is on better use of dietary supplements. Let's go. Welcome to the Dr. Geo Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Geo, where it is my goal to help you with your prostate problem and how to live better with age. Today's conversation is about dietary supplements. What are they? How should we take them? And why should we take them? It's a very important topic because is a very controversial. I always say anytime, you know, you you put a supplement up uh, and you raise it up in terms of it being a great thing, vitamin D, for example, for a while it's, oh, vitamin D helps with the prevention of cancer. It helps with living longer. It helps with this, that, and the other. Wait for it. Wait for it because they're going to shoot it down. They're going to shoot it down. So that's typically how it works. And I like to focus on what dietary supplements really do, no hype, what they really do, why they do what they do, and how we can utilize them to help ourselves with, you know, living better with age or with any part of our body that we, we'd like to improve. So let's start with this, if you don't mind. I hear on the internet all kinds of things like, well, dietary supplements in the United States is not regulated, not regulated by the government. That's not true. The dietary supplement manufacturer, uh, manufacturers and companies are indeed regulated by the government. In 1994, there was a law called the SHEA, that's an abbreviation. D-S-H-E-A, that had clear rules, and it is regulated. You cannot diagnose or treat disease with dietary supplements, and you can treat normal physiology and functionality and anatomy of any particular part of the body. Not treat like in a medicine, but you can address. You can provide nutritional value, if you will. So when people say, well, dietary supplements are not regulated. They are regulated and they have standards. Now, however, what they really mean is that dietary supplements are not regulated like pharmaceutical drugs. And that is true. Pharmaceutical drugs is much different. They have to go through several trials before they get FDA approved and so on. So they are not regulated like pharmaceutical drugs, but they are regulated as dietary supplements. Okay. That's number one. Number two is, what do dietary supplements do? Right? What, what do they do? When I take this dietary supplement, so just a few minutes ago, I took about 15 pills of dietary supplements. What am I trying to accomplish? Well, Let's talk about what dietary supplements are first, right? Dietary supplements are pills, liquid, some sort of agent that you consume orally, 
that includes either a vitamin, a mineral, or a botanical, for the most part, right? So, and and you have them either as a standalone, and we're going to talk about why perhaps taking them in combination in formulas is better than standalones. And I know there are a lot of people out there that promote, you know, just, just take standalone, you know, one or two ingredients and that's it. And that's certainly one way to take dietary supplements. Another way is to add different um, ingredients into a formula. And that could be three, four, five, 20, 30 ingredients in a formula. And we're going to talk about that as well. But essentially, dietary supplements are a vitamin and mineral or a botanical. Yeah, there could be other things in it, but that's uh, pretty much it that can induce a physiological response. Now, what kind of physiological response are we looking for? Well, If you're having symptoms of something, my knees hurt, right? Headache. Then if you take a dietary supplement, you're looking for that particular supplement to take away the headache or joint pain. So that's one way to look at it. Other people look at it because it may have some anti-cancer effects. Now, that's very tricky in, in the world of cancer. (laughs) <laughs> those that promote dietary supplements need to be ultra careful because if you if you want to get a, a big slap on the wrist from government agencies or even uh, different law groups, you want to say, you know, this particular supplement, uh, you know, treats or cures prostate cancer or any type of cancer. So that's not something that I don't know that it does or it doesn't in it by itself. Remember, dietary supplements complements a lifestyle, lifestyle medicine, which includes nutrition, exercise, and good quality sleep, right? It doesn't replace it. But it may interfere with different pathways that promote different diseases. That may be the case, right? Particularly as it relates to botanicals and herbal medicines, right? The other thing that dietary supplements may do is things that you will never know that they're doing it, whatever it is. So things that um, it may make your cells healthier, right? But you will never know it. So you're banking on something you read that it promotes cellular health, for example. Okay. Right? But you'll never know it. There's um, There's no blood work for it. Um, you're just banking that that's how the biochemistry works. And, and I do take quite a few supplements myself that I think benefit me in that way, honestly. So one is to help you with a particular health problem. The other is to help you prevent a health problem or help you live longer. Sometimes dietary supplements can favorably benefit some lab work, like I don't know, lower cholesterol or uh, lower triglycerides or raise uh, HDL, good cholesterol, lower PSA, right? Things like that. In other cases, sometimes some dietary supplements actually can help with urinary function and so that you can urinate better, less urinary frequency, less nighttime urination, less urgency, better for prostate health, those kind of things. So it depends what you're trying to do and why you're taking them. Now, I have to say that I do I do see patients come in and they're taking literally 
65 things and they have no idea why they're taking what they're taking. They read something a couple of years ago and they started taking something that, I don't know, that they read somewhere in some magazine or online. A friend told them, look, you need to try it, you know, this, that, and the other. And they started taking that. And they, so they keep taking all sorts of things and they have no idea. So there is no targeted method of why they're taking it. Now, that's a key thing. You need to have a targeted approach. Why am I taking this? Right. Or can I just get it from food? Why am I taking this? In general, I personally, and, I, and I'm, I don't talk a whole lot about the type of dietary supplements I take because that may not be, I don't want to influence you on what you should take because our goals may be different. And what I am taking for the reasons I'm taking may be completely different than the things you should take, right? But I'm looking to function optimally, right? So the other thing that I believe that dietary supplements do is it helps you function optimally. I don't want to just get by. Right? I want my brain to work and be sharp. So I want to take things from my brain. I want my mitochondria, right? So mitochondria is this particular part of the cell that's called the powerhouse of the cell. You learned this in fifth grade, maybe. And we now know that that particular part, the mitochondria, the healthier it is, the more that you have per cell, the better you are and the longer you live. So I want mitochondrial health. I want things that will help me reduce chronic inflammation. I work out all the time, so I don't want to wake up with pain on my knees and pain at the bottom of my bottom of my feet when I wake up in the morning. I don't want a whole lot of cracking of my joints, for example. So I think take things for that. I take things for my prostate health. Now that I turn 50, you know, I need to have good prostate health. I take, you know, I take quite a few things for my heart, right? Uh, general things, vitamins, keep my immune system strong. So these things are important to me. And again, that complements good eating habits. Not great. Not great. But good. Okay? That complements my exercise uh, routine. In fact, exercise helps because when you take good quality dietary supplements along with good food, you need to make sure that this is circulated in your body. Then the best way to promote circulation is through the intake of exercise, right? So everything complements each other, okay? So you have to say, okay, why am I taking what I'm taking? Or you see a practitioner. Now, some medical doctors are coming on board and learning more about nutritional medicine and dietary supplements and how to use dietary supplements. It's getting better. I've been able to have conversations with wonderful MDs who are trying to figure that out. But certainly the type of doctors that are specialists in this area are naturopathic doctors, okay, functional medicine doctors, and integrative medicine doctors. Those are the big three. And I think that you would want one of these type of doctors in your team, for sure. Because these type of doctors are looking at things differently. They're looking at finding the cause of the problem. They're looking at building your health so that your body can manage or co-manage a disease, right? They're looking for prevention. They're looking at biomarkers and lab tests a whole lot different than conventional medicine. Not to say conventional medicine is not the right thing sometimes. It is. And not to say you need to fire your doctor. Maybe you do but maybe you don't, 
okay, or your urologist, they do good work. These guys do good work, particularly urologists. I'm a maybe I'm biased because I work with them. Urologists do great work. If you can't pee because your prostate is just closing in on that urethra, then they can open you up with a button, you know, all kinds of different types of procedures that will make you pee, right? And these are amazing procedures, and they're amazing artists, I have to say, with what they do. Now, the difference is also that you know, oftentimes to get a response, an outcome, a health outcome from taking dietary supplements, it does require to take big pills or it does require to take a lot of pills. So, for example, if you have a headache and you take a Tylenol, acetaminophen, that could be one little pill, right? One tiny pill, you swallow it and maybe that'll take your headache away. Or ibuprofen, right? Small pill, swallow. It's different with dietary supplements because they require more of the ingredients. Again, in this type of scenario, let's say treating pain or something, if you're going to take a dietary supplement, it requires the whole herb, the whole botanical. And the whole botanical may have however many ingredients in it, hundreds even, right? Sometimes we'll we'll able to extract some of the active ingredients, and other times it's the active ingredient along with some other botanicals in them. Because botanicals, herbal medicine works synergistically. That's the other thing, that when you try to use herbal supplements independently, they oftentimes are not as effective. Herbal supplements and dietary supplements as a whole are not pharmaceuticals. These are two different things. They do two different things. In a pharmaceutical, they're trying to just get one little tiny ingredient, one little chemical, right? To treat a specific pathway, one pathway to treat a disease or a condition or a symptom. Okay? That's why when you're taking a pharmaceutical drug is a tiny pill because it's just one chemical that's been studied. Now, again, in, in throughout this conversation, th- throughout this podcast, I don't want to sound like you don't, you should never take a pharmaceutical drug. I think that they are ultra effective when they work, right? Oh, they're very effective. Uh, if you have, you know, I haven't taken a painkiller probably, I don't know, over 20 years, not even for a headache, right? But I've recommended it. If somebody has a bad headache and, you know, uh, sometimes dietary supplements, if they work, they take a little longer. Well, sometimes you don't have the luxury that things for things to take longer. You take an ibuprofen or extra strength acetaminophen or Tylenol or whatever. So they work differently. Okay. Now, the reason why there are more side effects with pharmaceutical drugs is because they have one ingredient. There's nothing else to offset the side effects, the negative effects, the adverse events, uh, adverse effects from the drug, right? They're just one ingredient, one chemical. So with one chemical, you get a smaller pill and it probably can treat the problem. But there's also like like there's a likelihood <laughs> there's a higher likelihood of more side effects. 
With herbal medicine, they're oftentimes not just one ingredient. It's oftentimes a whole plant with a bunch of other plants, other botanicals, and a formula. And it may take a little longer to get some sort of desired outcome, health outcome. As it relates with vitamins and minerals, is the same situation, right? Oftentimes, uh, for example, people take magnesium for better sleep. There's, you know, magnesium is involved in over 300 pathways in the body. It's one of the important for the heart. It lowers blood pressure, for example. It's a great mineral. It's a great mineral to take. Well, that can take a little longer than a beta blocker, for example, to lower blood pressure, right? So essentially, that's how it works. When they try to compare pharmaceutical drugs with dietary supplements, there there is no comparison. They're two different things. And yes, a lot of people, I think I read over 50% of people take some sort of dietary supplement. And yes, and that's ultimately what I prescribe as a practitioner for urological problems. But again, I think there's a value for certain pharmaceutical drugs. No question about it. Okay? They just work differently. They work much differently. So there is no comparison. And yes, it is true that to approve a dietary drug, it does take a long time. And dietary supplements do not have to go through that rigorousness of approval. Anyone can come up with a dietary supplement and slap a label on it and sell it. Okay. So how about toxicity, adverse events from dietary supplements? Should we be concerned? Look, in 2022, um, there was a, a every year, I believe, there's a document that comes out that tells you about you know things that we take, all sorts of things that we consume that has caused uh, or that where there's been reported incidences of mortality or anything like that. There was not one death in 2022 from a dietary supplement. There were numerous from pharmaceutical drugs. There were numerous from other things. Not one death. There's been Case reports published on vitamin D where people have taken millions of units. So what you normally take, the amount of vitamin D that you normally take is about 4,000 units a day, 2,000 units a day maybe. Well, there have been reports of people taking millions of units, a million, two million, because of lab manufacturing uh, error where no deaths. Yes, toxicity, yes, kidney toxicity, and other symptoms, no deaths. And these symptoms typically resolve themselves after removal of vitamin D. Okay? So there, there's minimal toxicity. Well, Dr. Geo, I remember ephedra, early 2000s, ephedra. Well, there were some incidences where people were taking um, high amounts of ephedra along with caffeine, and there might have been a few deaths associated with it. That can increase blood pressure. Um, Ephedra, I believe, is no longer available since 2004 because of uh, some of the incidences, right? Herbal product that was misused, ultimately. So I'm not saying that dietary supplements cannot cause harm. Everything causes harm. Go ahead. Well, don't do this. But if you were, don't do it. 
if you were to drink right now three gallons of water, you can die because your cells will swell up from all the water and die from just overconsumption of water. That's possible, right? So overconsumption of anything can cause problems. There's no question. But on average, dietary supplements are not toxic. Well, Dr. Gio, my doctor said, I'll stop taking those vitamins because they're a waste of money. It's, it's just expensive urine. Have you heard of that one? <laughs> Have you heard vitamins is just ex expensive urine? It turns out that there is some truth to that, actually. Because, for example, when you take a lot of vitamin C, and vitamin C, I think, is essential for many things, including brain function. It's not just your immune system. Yes, it's great for the immune system, no question, but also brain function. By the way, vitamin E as well, good for brain function, uh, lower the risk of dementia, which is why we consume these together, by the way. But before I digress, let me finish my point here, right? Vitamin C can be expensive urine because the kidneys, once you, if you take too much at once, the kidneys will fit, filter it out and kind of get rid of what it doesn't need. So yes, and through the kidneys, the excess vitamin C will come out through your urine, for example. Anything that's excess, that's fat soluble, will come out through your poop. So the body will do anything it needs to do to sustain homeostasis, including getting rid of excess dietary supplements or ingredients that you don't need. Okay. So yes, you can have expensive urine. And for that matter, you can have expensive, <laughs> expensive poop as well. But that doesn't mean that the vitamin is not doing you good. It's almost like saying, for example, you know what? I'm not going to drink water anymore because I urinate all the water that I, <laughs> I urinate all the water that I drink. So I'm not going to drink water anymore. Really? Yeah, you're not doing that, right? I pee it all out. I'm not drinking water. No, your body takes what it needs and you urinate the rest, right? There is some truth to that, but that's not because of taking vitamins is the wrong thing. Well, Dr. Geo, I am going to, I want everything from food. I'm going to get all my nutrients from food. Really? How good is your diet? You know, I've been doing diet work for over 20 years. And I haven't seen too many people that can follow a really, really good diet. I mean, to the T, right? Oftentimes, the foods that we eat are deprived in nutrients. So they're not too nutrient dense. So if you were to eat high quality food, for example, it would be food that's grown close to your home from a, your farm that you go and pick out your food or from a nearby farm, mostly organic, if not all organic, and any animal products that are from your farm that you know how the animals are raised and in a clean environment and they eat their natural diet and those are the, those are the things you eat. I don't know too many people who eat like that. In fact, when you have your when you have your organic apple, where's that organic apple coming from? Well, Dr. G is organic. It's good. Where's it coming from? Look at the label. It's probably coming from New Zealand. No problems with New Zealand. 
my Kiwi friends, no problem. But by the time that organic apple gets to my mouth here in the United States and New York, it's deprived and like 50% of the nutrients are not there anymore. So you can't get everything from food. And if you were to eat the perfect diet, and again, I have never met somebody who does, even if they could, because it's hard, right? Then you still need vitamin D from supplementation. Oh, no, Dr. Geo, I live, I, I'm out in the sun all the time. Really? You are? You are out in the sun? Is it wintertime where you live? If, you, if, it's, if there's winters, you're not out, out in the sun all the time. If you have a job, most likely your job is indoors. If you are out there, uh, you're probably wearing clothes. You're clothed uh, because you're not exposing much of your skin to the sun that's able to make enough vitamin D. Or you're slathered with sun protection, which impedes the production of vitamin D. So you really can't, you know, you're afraid of skin cancer. You really can't get enough vitamin D from the sun. In theory, you can, but only in theory. The other thing, other botanicals. Well, Dr. Geo, you know, I eat turmeric with everything. So I get my curcumin, right? The anti-inflammatory spice. Dr. Geo, I get it from turmeric. I just, I just, (laughs) I have eggs that I sprinkle with turmeric, right? You, you, it's very difficult to get enough curcumin from turmeric. Very difficult to get enough resveratrol from red wine. Though, you know, you've heard my previous episodes on consumption of alcohol and so forth, right? So to live optimally and to lower the risk of some kind of diseases and to feed your brain and your mitochondria and your cells, the right type of dietary supplements can can help, even for prostate problems, right? Curcumin is great. Dr. Gio, which is the number one uh, ingredient for the prostate? I know you're going to say salt palmetto. I think salt palmetto is fine, but I think it's curcumin. I think curcumin. And probably, you know, second to that is... um, Rye pollen extract is very good for the prostate. And another one that most people don't don't recognize for the prostate is boswellia because boswellia is oftentimes in a joint formula to help with joints and inflammation of the joints, but it's an excellent prostate botanical. Things like quercetin and uh, quercetin, another good one. Grapeseed extract, very good for and very important for the prostate. Um, reishi mushroom. Right, good for prostate cancer. Good for urinary prostate health to to uh, urinate better. Reishi mushroom, vitamin D. You know, I wrote a paper several years ago that I published one of the journals, scientific paper, where it showed as a review paper that vitamin D can marginally, probably reduce the size of the uh, of the prostate. Which that may or may not matter because you have you can have a small prostate and still have urinary problems. So, but sometimes you can have urinary problems because you have a big prostate. So that's a good thing. So you want to be more intelligent with the dietary supplements you use. You want to have a better conversation with your physician on the dietary supplements. They may not care to have that conversation if it's a 
regular uh, conventional medical doctor, they may not have the time. They may have interest, but not have the time to have that discussion with you or the knowledge to have that discussion with you. But you want to be more targeted. You want to make sure that things work synergistically. You know, I know uh, I alluded to earlier this notion of single ingredients are better. Why? How? You know, I'm not sure that that's the case. There's synergy with how dietary supplements work, both in bot- with botanicals, minerals, and vitamins. With vitamins, antioxidants work better together. Vitamin C with vitamin E with things like zinc and alpha-lipoic acid, they work better together because just taking vitamin C alone perhaps can be a pro-oxidant. What does that mean? You're taking vitamin C. One of its benefits is that it's an antioxidant. Antioxidants helps with oxidation. So these, what they call free radicals, are reactive oxygen species that roam around. These elect free electrons that roam around in the body goes into the cell and kind of messes up the nucle uh, the the DNA in the nucleus. And if that happens, is disease and cancer, right? So, so you want antioxidants to lower the amount of these anti uh, these prooxidants around but if you take vitamin C which is an antioxidant in the process of protecting your cells can itself become an, a, a prooxidant but if you take it with vitamin E and alpha lipoic acid that process doesn't happen right so you want to take vitamin C with vitamin E alpha lipoic acid and other things things work synergistically you can't just take calcium it's ridiculous when I see these calcium supplements out there for bone health. It doesn't work because in order to absorb calcium, you need magnesium, you need vitamin D, you need other things. You need boron, you need other things. Yeah, uh, and, uh, most mushrooms work better in conjunction um, with other mushrooms, uh, other botanicals. Um, they work better together in synergy in a formula. That's been my experience for over 20 years, uh, doing some deep research, obviously, and studying with great herbal medicine doctors over for over 20 years. And of course, part of the training in naturopathic medicine. That's the deal. And look, if you can see a naturopathic doctor, functional medicine doctor, or integrative doctor, they'll look at your bloods, they, um, they look at different uh, biomarkers, and they can help you with and give you guidance with the diet- type of dietary supplements that you should take. Before I go, I want to thank you, first of all, for listening. We, we've had, on this episode, we've reached our 21,000th download. I want to thank you guys uh, for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing, YouTube, whatever podcast platform you listen to this the Dr. Geopod, please subscribe. Uh, give me a thumbs up. Uh, hopefully, I earned it. And if I have not, <laughs> do not give me a rating, uh, but send us an email at info at drgeo.com and let us know how we can do better because I am interested in doing better and giving you actionable information that you can use today to have a better life and live better with age. This is Dr. Geo signing off. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks 
for tuning in to this week's episode of the Dr. Geo podcast. You can watch all episodes of this podcast and much more by subscribing to my YouTube channel on youtube.com forward slash Geo Espinoza ND. If you love what you heard today, you can help by leaving a five-star review of the podcast on Apple and Spotify as each review helps us reach more men who are serious about improving their urological health and how to function better with age. And for the latest research and actionable takeaways in a world of men's health and integrative urology, sign up for my newsletter at drgeo.com. I'll see you next time. And now for a brief disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and we're not forming a doctor-patient relationship through this medium. The use of the information and all links associated with this podcast is at the listener's risk and is not to replace medical advice from a physician or a healthcare practitioner. Lastly, thoughts and opinions related to this podcast are my own and may not reflect the views of any institution or organization I'm associated with.